Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Uh, I think you heard, Paul, that there's uh, there's Maserati news. There's a Maserati. There's a new MC20. Mm-hmm. It's a mid-engine Maserati. Come on. I had to, had to tee up because I think the yeah, Maserati. I think you need to go off because oh. I know you want to. You you now the yes. ambassador of Maserati. Yes. have something to talk about. I'm not a fan of all their models. I still reserve the right to hate some of their models. I reserve. We I keep that in reserve. We just posted our big sedan piece. If you haven't seen it, happy Friday to you. Yesterday we posted the end. We have finished our year series on the big sedans. And so we talk about, you talk about the Mazda and I talk about the Phaeton. And we do final tallies, which is where it gets really scary, of money. And that gets you talking and all primed to talk Maserati. So let's talk Maserati. I agree. I agree. The MC20 is finally introduced. This is as if Ferrari were to build a Dino. Think of that. Mm, okay. All right. Maybe they could, uh, maybe, all right, we'll see. But it's entirely built by Maserati in Modena. And you can't drive a spec sheet. That is what we have said from the inspiration, yep. from the beginning of the show. You can't drive a spec sheet. We all think we know numbers, but engines make power differently. However, throw that out. I'm going <laughs> to read your specs that, anyway. Paul's just going to share the specs and get excited. Here we go. It's my understanding is that the aerodynamics were developed in conjunction with Delara. Okay. That's if a good you start. don't know Delara, please look up Delara. I believe it's Delara.it. They are the carbon fiber experts who build many of the world's race cars, including all of the IndyCar series. You just choose Chevy or Honda, but it says <laughs> Delara everywhere else. Okay, yeah. They are experts at race cars. So the fact that they consulted Delara mm-hmm. that, that in seems any promising. capacity, yeah. aerodynamics, wonderful. I love it. What's interesting about this shape is that not only is it a cool mid-engine Maserati with gullwing doors, yes. butterfly doors, excuse me. Yeah, well, you know. Fancy doors. I think it's restrained. I don't think it's flamboyantly Italian. Uh, Fair. I agree with that. It's not a Ferrari. It does not look like a Ferrari. It doesn't look like miniature Ferrari. It looks like its own thing. Mm -hmm, And there's some mm -hmm. interesting details. Pictures don't do it justice. I think it'll be wider in person. I think it'll have Mm -hmm. more presence and more stance in person. It looks kind of little in photos. It does. It does which I'm a fan of. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Did yeah. Maserati build a stretched Cayman? It looks like a larger version of the 4C. I'm wondering if there's sharing underneath there. Who knows? I, I Unknown. We don't know what the chassis and what the platform is, but this is under 3,300 pounds. Twin turbo V6 built entirely wow. by Maserati. 630 horsepower, over 530 foot-pounds of torque with an eight-speed DCT and 305 series tires on the rear Come on. Yeah, it sounds really promising. Delish. And now you clean. now you this is on your short list, isn't it? It kind of is because it's clean, <laughs> it's restrained. And what I do like about it is it's another alt. It's mm-hmm, an interesting mm-hmm. yeah, mid-engine yeah, yeah. alt to yeah, for sure. everything else that's on the market. And what's cool is this MC20, Maserati says it was designed to enable coupe and convertible versions and full electric power. Okay. They're thinking ahead. They're thinking Everybody down the road. Is. Yeah, this yeah, is going to yeah. be their mid-engine performance car. MC12 is in their rearview mirror, and now it's all the MC20, which I'm excited about. I was telling you, everybody's sort of I like... I know you have been. Well, huh? 
Huh. Maserati MC20. Huh? What's the price? It's going to be well over 200 grand, isn't it? I'm sure it'll be way yeah, it'll there. be. It'll be quite expensive. But there's there's yeah. something to this. And this, it's just, it's restrained. It's it's not overdone, which I'm appreciative of. And it looks more bespoke and kind of figured out from the beginning than when they did the MC12 that was essentially, you know, an Enzo and a body kit. This looks, exactly. yeah. this looks like they planned to make a lot of these, whereas the MC12 was like, we'll make a few. So You know, Chance yeah. suggested it was a 488 chassis underneath don't know i mean i think interesting i think it all remains to be seen i mean i it seems I think it's to bespoke. me personally i think it's bespoke but yeah i mean it seems to me that alpha we'll desperately see. needs to uh, amortize out what they spent to make the 4c which has not sold well which is yeah. too bad so I, w- yeah. I could see them taking some components from that but who knows either way it's here it's interesting it's not really very everyday reachable but it sure is intriguing it's not it's not i thought a lotus Avora gt for you Mm, yeah, the MC20 for me. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Let's have almost <laughs> like attainable exotics kind of thing. The I, Lotus will probably be, be lighter. You'd be spending twice as much as me for that spending equation. Spending twice, as much. twice I mean, as much, which, which matches our personalities, actually. Yeah, there's you, all kinds of trade offs. You blew out the budget. Yeah, way more power. I like power. Way more power over here in the MC20. <laughs> yeah, it's still under 3,300 pounds. It's yeah. not a heavyweight. True, true, true. Yeah, and for that kind of power. Okay. I'm excited. Interesting, for They're sure. doing it though. They're I know, doing it. I know. Come on. Who knows, man? What I'm curious about is actually next week. We won't get it on the next podcast because it'll come out on Tuesday, but next Tuesday, Nissan is launching whatever their new prototype. Here's what we want to do for the Z car. <laughs> Don't but, sound too excited. Well, I, I'm, I, no, I, I'm holding back because what I'm concerned, I'm excited about the fact that they're bringing it back. Before yeah. the 60th anniversary, that is still the 370Z. <laughs> oh, I had to go there. Shot. That was a shot. That, but but what I'm concerned oof. about is that they're just going to go. Here's what's going to come out in four years. That's what I'm worried about. I hope not, I, Nissan. I hope you've got. Some I hope it's like, and you've been you know, secretly working on stuff later in 2021. If they do that, then you know, okay. Sheesh. But I'm, I'm if it's more if it's more than about eight or nine months out, stop it. But we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, TV on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. Is workhorse cars. This is a repeat of the Toyota Camry TRD, the Hyundai Sonata, the Mazda 6, and the Honda Accord. Mm-hmm. That is playing Saturday, September 12th at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Set your DVRs. Tomorrow morning. If you didn't catch it, so check that out. Also, all of Season 7 is now available on Vimeo. That is, applies for all of you, especially our international uh, listeners, because you can't get it on Amazon Prime anywhere outside the U.S. or U.K. It is coming to Amazon Prime. It is not there yet. I have no control. I've done all I can but it is uh, it is processing through their behemoth. But it is available right now on Vimeo, so you can go uh, to Vimeo as well and find it, which we'd love for you more, more of you to be watching if you haven't seen it yet. And again, it is following. We are continuing to release old TV seasons, kind of an episode a month on our YouTube channel, Everyday Driver YouTube channel. Now there are two. Here's the other thing to keep yes, in mind. Yes. We have YouTube.com slash Everyday Driver and YouTube.com slash Test Drive videos. So on the Everyday Driver channel, we will be releasing these old TV episodes. We've got uh, that uh Great Cayman comparison coming up for YouTube. We've also got from season seven, we're releasing Step Brothers. That's the 86 versus the two liter Super. That's coming up in a few weeks too. And we are putting out two, count them, two test drives a week for the next few weeks on the Test Drive Videos channel. So there's a lot to watch. There's a question on here in regards to our upcoming cheap sports car challenge, which is kicking off very soon. Todd has announced his purchase of a Z4, BMW Z4, that is the three liter mm-hmm. manual. And my car is still forthcoming. What has happened 
is the owner has been on a drive in his minivan and the transmission went out. And so he was stuck in Georgia and you not can't even near get home Florida. Yet. And yeah. so I'm still waiting. But there was a question from C. Johnson 600 who mentioned, yes, I did have a check in the mail and a truck on the way that is all just ready to go. Pull the trigger as soon as he says go. But he says, how did you convince the seller you were legit? It's mm. not, I'll send the check and a transport, please cash it, release the car to the driver. Isn't that a classic scam? As the seller, these are the only offers that he's gotten and have ignored them all. What I've done is told the seller that I'm being patient, even though I'm not really patient. I need the car immediately <laughs> so we can get filming because yes, we need true. to we do, do stu- yeah. stuff with these cars. I've just said, I'll be patient. I'll wait until you do have the check and you fully cash it, whether you deposit it, whether you actually get the cold hard cash at yeah, your bank yeah. because maybe you don't bank at the bank I do and you've got that in hand deposited and that's a level of trust that I'm now putting on the seller yeah, true. to come through true, true, because yeah. they could scam me they could say yeah, well for I sure. yeah. got your cash and I'm going to keep going with the car somewhere yeah, else but yeah. I didn't get that feeling uh, it does actually kind of help to have everyday driver as the backup to talk about what we're yeah. going to do with these yeah, cars fair, fair. but that's almost irrelevant really it's just me putting my trust in the seller and saying no worries you wait it's not a as soon as I hand you the check, put the car in the transport, that can be a scam. Mm-hmm. But I'll wait. You cash the check until you are yeah, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You indeed have the money in your account and then release the car to me. Yeah. If you'd yeah, be yeah. so kind and put the title in the FedEx, send it separately to me. And then you know, once that owner puts the car on the truck, all insurance and the responsibility goes to the truck driver and their insurance. Mm-hmm. So the owner releases all liability at that I, point. I don't feel like I've heard scams going of the direction you're talking. I mean, you do hear scams of the seller is concerned about if the check is really going to arrive and if it's really going to be legit. I right. haven't heard a lot of scams right. of the uh, the seller receives the check, cashes that check, and never bothers to get rid of the car. I've never really right. heard I, that. It, I'm sure it's have. existed, but yeah. but I but that one involves you actually having a car that somebody could track down. The 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 other <laughs> yeah. one is just paper money, and it's it's just you know smoke and mirrors. What's crazy is the owner or the seller would not take a cashier's check and wouldn't take a wire transfer. It's very weird. Because apparently you can pull back a wire transfer yeah, and you can guess, yeah. cancel the cashier's check just before. And so he said, figure out a way to pay me. And so Wells Fargo suggested I do bill pay. <laughs> if you can believe this, I entered the name and address as a bill. And then Wells Fargo generated the check from the home office, That's funny. put it in the mail. Five days later, they got it. But then the owner spent on vacation. And With so, a broken minivan, which, yeah. you know, that actually is our car debate tonight. No, actually, it's not. But it's I could not, see but it, deduct funny. the account, and, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just waiting for the owner to receive that check. Again, generated by Wells Fargo. I didn't touch it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't send it to them, and I'm just here waiting, and he said that was acceptable. <laughs> if it all goes awry, so, you'll hear it here first. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's the, a bill pay. The, the, the truck is tra- practically, uh, like, idling around the corner Seriously. from the guy's house, so we're, we're more than ready. I look forward to sharing that. We have two really cool car debates coming up. We've got uh, Jacob writing to us from northern Michigan, and we also, after the break, have uh, Michael writing to us from Toronto, Canada. And uh, it's interesting because these two car debates, you always try to do this, they overlap a little bit, and then they go totally off, like spiraling off. I try, off. I try. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. 
We swear by our custom sunscreens. I, I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Before we jump in, just a quick note on Blipshift. On our partner store, there are new colors for the American Original shirt coming very soon. The gray and black with black text is remaining, but there's also black with white text and also blue with white text. So those colors are coming. So look for those very soon on the Blipshift partner store for everyday drivers. So that's the American Original Corvette film. You're right. We've got to jump into these debates. First of all, we've got Jacob in northern Michigan who is trying to satisfy the inner race car driver. Sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) While he's carrying kids in the back and satisfying a wife who doesn't drive stick. But we'll get there. We're going to cover it all. This is actually challenging, Jacob. I, I love this because Jacob just recently found the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. He's up in northern Michigan and has a problem because he's always been a car guy. Enjoys driving and wrenching, although certainly not an equal share. Jacob has a particular fondness for high revving zippy hot hatches with manual transmissions. Okay. As do we all. Sure, yeah, yeah. In the past, he's owned a Plymouth Horizon first car, a Vibe GT, which he loved, mm. several SUVs, and a Mazda Speed 3. But this is where the issues begin. Yeah. In summer 2019, he decided he was tired of squeezing his one-year-old son's car seat into the back of the 2008 Mazda Speed 3. Okay. Tired of paying for premium gas. And his wife tires of not having the option to drive his car if she has to go somewhere. She can't drive a stick. And just current circumstances, she's not really learning at this point. So he sold that car and bought himself a 2013 Fusion SE in September. It had leather and Bluetooth and satellite radio and a spacious back seat in comparison to that Mazda. Mm -hmm. But it had the 2.0 EcoBoost, which is forward code for turbo. Yes, it is. And paddle shifters. Jacob thought, all right, this will be fun enough for at least a few years. That feeling lasted seven months. <laughs> he quickly realized, no, no, must have more fun than this. But that begins the search because his wife actually likes the Fusion, likes to borrow it because she finds it has more power than her Kia Sorento. So Many things do. Well, that, that, is, a, that is a long list. You're right. So he thought, I, I sh- thought I shopped right. Mm-hmm. I looked at the list of my needs as a dad, as a husband, as a commuter, and the Fusion actually checked every single box. It just happens to be staggeringly boring, and he doesn't like it. Doesn't even like to see it parked. Doesn't even <laughs> like to know it's his and he has the keys in his pocket. This is how bad it's gotten for <laughs> Jacob. So we have got to try to solve this. Yikes. All right. So nothing so far has had the right blend of attributes to justify the hassle from moving on, even though he... Really, really hates it. (laughs) Okay. And something just to satisfy his inner race car driver. Okay. Now, any replacement's going to have to be an automatic, which is a deal breaker with Jacob for small small fun cars. Yeah. So he has reduced his search to sedans and station wagons, which means sedans in the U.S. Pretty much, yeah. But his budget is around $12,000, no more than fifteen grand. I saw that, yeah. That would be too hard to sell to the Minister of Finance. (laughs) Who's now listening? Hello, wife. Yes. A second car to have fun in would obviously be preferable, but storage limits Jacob currently to one vehicle. So he needs an all-in-one mobile. This has to be his dad commute vehicle and also, guess what? It's fun. Yeah. Yep. So a car has to have four doors, a big enough back seat for a car seat and a dog, an automatic transmission, preferably with manual control. Mm -hmm. It it's got to get at least decent fuel economy and not only tolerates, but sort of encourages the hoonery. 
I like it. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's like, good. Yeah, come, for sure. Come hither. Yeah. We could have some fun here. Yeah, that'd be good. Beguiling, you you know you want it. Whoa, easy, easy. Dip into the Family podcast. There we go. (laughs) He wants it to be loud and aggressive and rev to 7,000 RPM and, you know, red line at every chance he gets. Not going to do all these things, but but we understand. There's personality we're hoping for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he says it also doesn't have to be crazy fast or have a minimum amount of power. He just wants something fun with an automatic. Okay. If that's possible. Now, here's the challenge part. He would prefer front or all-wheel drive Mm -hmm. because... He says, we up north Michigan folks get at least a few monster snowstorms a winter. Yeah, you do. That's the challenge. It is a challenge. It is a challenge, yeah. The low budget, and then you said front or all-wheel drive, caught me in my tracks. Because I was Mm -hmm. reading Jacob, and I thought, I got this. Okay. And then I went, what? Where were you going to go? Well, I was, first of all, starting with the big horsepower, the muscle cars, the sure, cheap. Sure, 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 yeah, yeah. Pontiac GTO, the Pontiac G8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chevy SS, the usual suspects. And I went, wait, ooh, front? Hmm, yeah. Front. Front or all. Yeah, it does okay. change things a bit. Yeah. How about all-wheel drive? And then I came across the Dodge Charger SXT and GT. Both of those are available with all-wheel drive. Fair point. Yeah, you want to stay point. in big yeah, yeah, yeah. car. You're right. Sure. Do you have all-wheel drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the usual suspects are the Genesis G70, the Kia Stinger, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't meet all your the rest of your stuff. Well, in budget, yeah. Loud, aggressive, urgh, you know, that kind of feeling. I think he would enjoy them if he could afford them, but he can't afford them. Yeah. So I kind of went a little off the rails here, Jacob. Uh-oh. I like that Dodge Charger, the all-wheel drive. Yeah, I can that, see it. That I could be it. it. Yeah, yeah. I thought about Porsche Cayennes, but then Whoa, the okay. Porsche Cayenne that I want you to have isn't $15,000. It's nowhere close sure. to twelve. Yeah. yeah. Unless, of course, you, want, you Todd, want to sell yours to Jacob. Well, if you, if he, he bought the new. end of the first gin... 2009 2010 you're right he could do cayennes but you're buying you're buying a car that's a 2009 or a 2010 i mean mars is a 2010 it's 10 years old it's running great it's got 130,000 miles i need to do another video on it i've had an idea for another video so i need to figure that out okay but you're right you're buying an older car the cayennes it's viable though i, I see it's where viable. you're going it, that's it's end like of first gen muscle car kind no, of thing it's not. but it's fun yeah and it does that all in one thing uh, what, what, that makes me wonder hang on Keep the Fusion for your wife, jettison the Kia Sorento in that equation. Sorry, now go on. you're on to something. Okay, go on. This is kind of interesting. That could be viable if they got rid of the Kia Sorento. Mm-hmm. That would, well. Unfortunately, she's going to like the Cayenne. You're going to be back to the Fusion, and we got where we started. See, and I'm hoping you're anyway, not counting yeah. on the sale of the Fusion in your budget as part of the dollars that you're already Why? Because you're about to add it? Maybe. Actually not. Actually not. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's say you keep the Fusion because she likes that. Okay. That's still four doors, four seats. The problem is he hates it. If, he hates even it. if she's driving, he doesn't, he doesn't even, want to walk outside and be like, I can't believe life. we kept that Exactly. Thing. Why do we have this? Yeah. Okay. So let's else. say we sell it and mm-hmm. keep the Kia Sorento. That means you've already got four doors and you can get around in the winter. Uh-huh. True. Right? Very true. Yeah. You're right. So my question in reading all these specific requirements, Jacob, I thought, hmm. You just want something different than the Fusion. You want something fun, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it could be fun in any category. It could be so different true, true, all that right, you right. hadn't considered like a super wild card. Sure, okay. That you just went, huh? And maybe embraced it. All right. Because you need a little bit of space. You like hatches. Decent fuel economy. It needs to be zippy, you said. You need yeah, to kind of yeah, yeah. have some good acceleration, mm-hmm. which is fun. I'm not hearing that it needs to handle amazingly well. I didn't hear that. I didn't read that. Sure, sure, okay. No tracking, no yeah. racing, no just 
canyon driving. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be a different fun experience, but it needs to be reliable and manual transmission. All right. Where'd you go? So just, just hold on, Jacob. Just, just, <laughs> <laughs> this is a crazy, super duper wild card. I found one for you and many like this that is continually interesting to drive in its own different way. And it will introduce an entirely <laughs> new genre of vehicles to you. I, I, you guys can't see me. I'm waving the, the things that they put on the tarmac, the land, the plane thing, because I'm, I'm fascinated to know what now. How about a 2017 in the LT trim level, a Chevy Bolt for $14,888 okay. with 45,000 okay. miles. It's electric. Mm-hmm. There's problems with this idea. In yeah. the cold and the monster storms, your range is going to go down. It's somewhat, yes, for sure. But how far do you need this car to go? Yeah, good Are you question. planning on doing burnouts with your children in the back? You certainly could, do- yeah. Okay. I wonder if your wife might start to like this one too. Because, again, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's continually interesting and yeah, fun to drive yeah, in its it. own way. I'm not it, saying yeah. this is... You know, in the fun to drive category, Chevy Bolts. That's not it, what I'm but saying. But it's got some intrigue about it. I see where you're going. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're inexpensive, especially mm-hmm. early ones are just inexpensive. I'm seeing them, Jacob, with 95,000 miles. I found you one with half of that. Mm. So wow, they're okay. inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the whole, hmm, do we qualify for any used car kinds of, you know, from our energy provider, whoever that is, oh, do sure, we qualify for sure. Usually it has to do with the purchase of a new Generally, electric yeah. vehicle yeah, yeah. and the charger at your house. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a dual whammy kind of thing. So you got to spend some money. Maybe nothing happens, but what if this could fit your life? Mm. What if you're just looking for something all in one? You didn't consider this. You caught me on a random day, Jacob. You caught like me on it. a different like kind it. of a day, and I thought, I do. if you do want the traditional... Dodge Charger SXT, sure. all-wheel drive, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. muscle car, boom, done. Mm-hmm. But what about the Bolt? They're built just down the, you know, four hours south of you in Warren. I see it. Yeah, They're yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just a thought. You've got to do your own thinking about this. Right. Let me know. I could be nuts and having an off day. <laughs> But maybe I'm on to something. Well, I'll give you something here because we have a question that I'm just going to jump to now because it relates. Fit Gal wrote in. Mm-hmm. You see this? She just leased a Chevy Bolt. Yeah. And her new favorite thing is going hunting for people in sports cars because she can take everybody at the light. And her yeah. question was, and th- th- that makes me laugh here, Jacob, because we're talking about fun. She's found totally different fun. Her question was, she keeps losing traction when she takes off with the light. How does she solve this? Because she could take anybody if she could solve the traction problem. This uh-huh. makes me laugh at gal. Here's the thing. Uh, we liked it a lot versus the Model 3. Watch our old uh, piece out of Season 3 that is the Model 3 versus the Bolt. We liked the Bolt for quite a few reasons over the Model 3. Now things have settled out a lot like you know you can just go buy a Model 3, which helps. At the time, you couldn't. We had like the first one in Utah. So that helps. The bolts have gotten really cheap, which also helps. So these are all good things. The Model 3 has better dynamics because it's rear-wheel drive, but it's also a lot more expensive. To solve your <laughs> – I love this. Peeling out of the lights can't get traction problem in your bolt. I'm going to give you the bad news first. It's your tires. Yeah, yeah. Those tires are helping you get range. If you wanted to put some performance tires on that car, you would have less 
uh, you'd have better grip, but you'd have less less range. So what's the trade-off for you? That's that's a personal question. I can't begin to answer that. You hashtags on the window for how many Mustangs you wax yes. the light. She's going to do that thing they used to do on World War II fighters. It's just going to yeah. be at X, 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 X. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But uh, So you could put performance tires on it. That would solve a lot of it. The other thing you're going to have to do is I think you're going to have to roll onto the throttle. You can't just bury it. Yep. Yep. You have to ease your way in to get it rolling and then start adding that that incredible power that it does because it's electric. And maybe you can kill more Mustangs because you kept your traction. Anyway. <laughs> How was your day, honey? Great. I just waxed a new Corvette at the light. I need, I need four more stickers, honey. <laughs> I'm putting four more on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I could be nuts, but, you know, I'm just saying. So. I like it. I like it. Jacob, I've got a couple for you. I went a little older, but I, you know what? The, the thing you said about the Cayenne is, is striking me here because it is intriguing. It's I had gone that It's route. just I, I want yeah. you to – can you boost your budget? Just tell your wife you're getting a Porsche. <laughs> like, sure, let's throw money at that. I have a couple sedans to bring up. First off, you are the person that needs a WRX. But sure, you sure. may have to go back farther than you want to get one in your budget because those hang on to value. But you could get a WRX. Now, if you got a recent one, they, they would they're, uh, you can't see my quotes. They're automatic because they're actually a CBT, which is okay. Um, it's, is it? It's, it's, uh, it's, is Pepsi okay? It's the, it's the best <laughs> of the CVTs. It really is. But, yeah, so there's that. I had two others to give you. And then I have a wild card. And the more I think about it, the more I like the wild card best. But the reason it's not my sniper shot is because it, the top of your budget is the bottom of the market. Mm. So I, I don't know if it, if it works. It's a wild card. But first, before that, two. One, how about an Acura TL? Oh. Those are forgotten. They don't have good resale value. They run like crazy. They've got a lot of room. They have good handling. If you get one with the super handling all-wheel drive, they have great handling for what they are. Talking slightly older a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get inside his budget. I mean, you could get the ones that were my favorite styling ever, the like 03 to 08. Those are yeah, awesome. Yeah. You can get those all day long in your budget. But huh. if you get a little later, you get into the beak years. So find what you like styling-wise. If you can get super handling all-wheel drive, it's awesome on that car. That is an unsung performance sedan, even though it's front-wheel drive biased. I, that's a possibility. I think you'd like that a lot more than the Fusion. That's one. The other one I thought of is same era, mid-2000s. Get yourself a Subaru Legacy. This is the less expensive WRX, nicer than the WRX of the same era, a little bit bigger. They haven't, the resale value isn't as good, but you can put mm. WRX part. If you want to make it into a monster, you can. That's the thing I like about it because it's WRX parts sure. underneath. Yeah. But it's a family sedan. <laughs> and they were pretty good. And we drove a spec B. Try for, convincing your insurance agent. Well, but it's old enough now. It's going to be fine. Yeah, Think true. about that. True. So uh, we actually drove one a while back that was the spec B. If you can find it, I don't know. I honestly don't remember if they made the spec B in an auto or not. I want to say they didn't, but I'm not sure. But the point here is even if you don't get that upper level one, you can just put parts on it. And you can make it a monster while it looks like a True. early 2000s Subaru family sedan. Mm. But here's my favorite for you. And I'm going to put it in the wild card category. You like hot hatches. You need automatic, DSG in this case. I started to think about the GTIs okay. and the Golf Rs, yeah. and I liked those. But then I went sideways from there because your budget, your top of your budget, 15 grand, is the bottom. Believe it or not, the bottom of the market for the Audi S3 what? They are that cheap. They are? At 17 grand, you've got choices. At are they 14, high mileage? Are they they're, they're 90 to 100,000 100, miles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But at, at 14 to 15,000, here's, here's the trick. Some people are posting A3s as if they're S3s. 
or not. But if you get an S3. <laughs> you can snake one and go, yeah, it's an A3. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but they're saying it's an S3 and they're charging too much. But oh, anyway. God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, what it is, this is the Golf R, but it has not, the resale value isn't as good. And it's the oh. Golf R in sedan form. Yeah. And that's a fun little car. Yeah. It's a genuinely sure. fun little car. So I actually think if you can make it work, the Audi S3 is my choice for you. It looks like a little nice family sedan. It's a bullet. It's fun. You've got a DSG in there. Hmm. Let's go S3. Let's do that. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Michael R. in Toronto needs to track the almost daily. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. He's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he enjoys two to three tra- track days a year, but might want to change the car that he tracks. Now, he's recently installed performance parts like KW coilovers, EBC track day brakes, lightweight wheels, Indy 500 Firehawks, and sway bars, and, well, a lot, actually. And he he's just kind of saying, should I keep going and modify this heavy 2010 mm-hmm. Audi S5 with a V8, 4.2 liter V8? Mm-hmm. It's got a sweet engine. I agree. It does. It's very cool. Yeah. Or does he cut his losses and change it up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Currently, the other vehicles in the fleet are a 2017 Ford Edge Titanium, bought for his wife. Okay. 2016 Volkswagen Jetta. This is the commuter, 160-mile round trip to work. His wife suggested he could sell the Audi and add $5,000. <laughs> Michael said, I, well, I'll just add ten. If I'm going to sell the I'm just going to add ten to it. Uh, done. Okay. Yeah. Stand back. I'm about to do math. No kidding, really? I sold the Audi. I'm thinking uh-huh. sell the Audi because cut your losses. It is a heavy car. It's not really made for track use. I agree. And the more money you throw at it, the less you'll ever get back. And Absolutely who true. Who wants an Audi S5 track car? I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe right. somebody. Right. Somebody that only buys Audis. That's really what that I'm is. I'm not but saying yeah. it's a poor choice to do that. I'm saying I don't think you're going to get your money back out of it. And I think there's other routes you could go to have just as much fun and experience lighter, more fun cars. Totally. Absolutely agree. Yeah. I think I have your car, by the way, Michael. Good. And it's something you didn't see coming. Okay, good. Excellent. So what I did was I did math. I sold the Audi. I went looking. You could probably get a total of fifteen to $20,000 for that Audi. 2010 yeah. depends on your miles and condition, of course. Plus your $10,000 equals twenty-five dollars to $30,000 to go spend. I did notice that, yes. Now, you did acknowledge that I will want to spend more, but I'm, <laughs> You've I'm listened. making some mistakes. Look at you. <laughs> well done. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. This is what happens. Michael would like to have a back seat because his wife is pregnant. Congratulations to both of you. Okay, cool. He All wants right. the freedom to install a child seat in the back so he can give his future child a better chance of becoming car crazy like us. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good, I like this. It's good. Okay. He's been thinking of the M235, mm-hmm. the Mustang GT, yeah. and your Audi S3 suggestion. I didn't. I actually read these in order, and I totally solved the first one. With one of the Audi <laughs> and A3. the second one. And then I read on. this one, Audi S3 again, and I was like, yeah, that's not where I'm going here. But anyway. twenty five dollars to $30,000 is a good amount to it's go good. shopping. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. But you said this back seat, and that stopped me in my tracks again mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you've got two cars with back seats. 
Why do you need a third car with back seats? True. We're having a tool for the job question here. You're right. You're absolutely right. You've got right. a Jetta mm-hmm. that's your commuter with back seats. Yes, agreed. Your wife has back seats. It's just because of the... He, it's, this isn't just it needs to. This is the twist here that I struggled with as well. It's not that it needs to because he realizes he's got cars that do it. It's the passing on the car disease. That's the problem. That's where the back seat need is because he's thinking... I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you and your wife and your kid. That's what you're thinking. Yes. But I, you can also just have you and your kid. But anyway, go on. Kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. 25 to 30 grand. Cayman. Cut your losses. Sell the Audi. Caymans. You'd be much happier in a Cayman on track. Yes. There's no back seat. This is true. How about the cheapest M2 you could find? Yeah. Like your M235i. Yeah. Let's go nuts. If you could go up to M2, that'd be good. The M235 is not a bad alternative, though, especially with the budget we're dealing with. It is. How about a WRX for track use? You're already used to all-wheel yeah. drive with that okay. Audi. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, okay, this is track use. But okay. then you've got a Jetta and a WRX and a Ford Edge Titanium. No. <laughs> okay. I thought about the nicest BMW Z4 you could find for $12,000. Yeah, still two seats, but I take your point, yeah. Not quite as interesting as the one that I found for you, which is a super extra crazy wild card. I'm in this... I'm in the zone today. <laughs> or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm off in the weeds. Way, but either way, you're having fun. I'm either fun. in the zone. Yeah. I thought uh, this car, not only will you have fun, not only will you love it, not only can you track it, it's different, okay. it's beautiful, Yeah. it's in your budget, this will be the car your first child learns to drive on, and then this is their car. This is a throwdown. All right, I'm waiting. You're tracking it. They're learning on it. Huh. And because it is only two seats, I think it will give them the car disease quicker than any four-seat car can. Okay. How about a 2019 and newer? That is the upgraded engine power on an MX-5 Miata RF. Oh, wow. I found them. Okay. For just under $30,000. You've got to get that upgraded power. Mm, that is yeah, the car do. that yeah, I you love. Mm-hmm. You can cruise. You can track it. It's a hard top convertible, so there's less of an issue with the roll of protection. You know, when they say, all right, is your check car your, hard top? Yeah, check your probably little, your let you on track. tracking group, but theoretically, yeah. Put the top down. You and your wife can go cruise. You can go to dinner. It's a fun track car. It's a fun cruising car. It's mm. different than mm. anything you have, and that will be in 16 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> it does stand to reason it could still be around. A lot of cars, if, you, if you'd recommend it, it'd be like, that won't still be around. That Miata RF could very much still be around. I take your point there. How about it? Okay. The All RF, right. you've got to go 2019 model year. So it started. Mm-hmm, they start mm-hmm. building them in 2018 for the 2019 model year. So 2019 and newer with that upgraded engine, mm-hmm. get the manual because you'll teach your child the manual on an RF. <laughs> and 16 years from now, that RF is going to look so weak. Interesting. I do think it's going to age well. I think that is yeah. a really timeless design they've got going. Track with it together. Yeah. Put them in the seat with that you. That is funny. And it's very funny. That will give them the car disease. All right. All right. I see where you went. I see it. I see it. Michael, I have a few thoughts on the ones that you listed. I want to add a few as well. That yeah. Let's Go two-seater. Anyway, no. Great. But I, I tried to actually adhere to the rules. My only non-two-seater on this list here is my wild card. I'll come back to that in a second. But first off, I have to say that you have an Audi S5, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure, very fun. That engine is great and not a track car. Right. But neither is the S3. I mean, it was perfect for Jacob True. earlier because True. it would it would solve his dad commute needs and be sure. fun. It's not a track car. 
So yeah. let's let's take that right off the list. The M235, look, we've tracked it all over the place, and we've driven on the street, and we really like that car. I don't think you'd go wrong there. Paul's right. If you can go M2, great. The problem, the problem with the M2, and maybe lesser degree problem with the M235, is the hot BMWs like their consumables. Welcome to brakes and tires. Yes. Big time. Children Big time. like their consumables too. True. You're going to have a lot of consumables going on. You're right. Yeah, there'll be your Cheerios kids, in the back while you burn through the brakes again. Yeah. Likes their consumables. So um, that is the thing. I mean, we have a friend, Greg, who's got an M2, and he's tracked it a couple times, but yeah. he's just like, this just goes through stuff. And we know everybody with an M car that this just goes through stuff. Okay. <laughs> so we bought a Spec Racer Ford instead. He did, yes. Which doesn't go through stuff, and man, he's fast. Anyway, but the M235 is. It's not going to hurt as much when you have mm-hmm. consumables. That's the nice thing about that. But you're right. The M2 is better. Drive the Mustang GT. You think? But if you're going to, here's the thing. If you're going to drive and consider the Mustang GT, you have to drive the Camaro. Okay. Because okay. I suspect, Michael, the Camaro is going to be the track car you'll enjoy more. If you're going to drive a Mustang, you must consider the Camaro. Because I actually think it's the better track car. If that's what you're using okay. it for and you're thinking about it. And the consumables on that, look, it's a heavy car, kind of like your S5. It's not that far away from what you're doing with the S5. I do think it'd still be a better track car, but we're talking heavy cars with consumables. Um, I want to mention two hatches real quick. Okay. Because you could get rid of the Jetta and just solve your commute and track problem and get yourself a Civic Type R or a Veloster N. Oh. And oh. make those your commute car, oh. dad car, track car. You're doing three track days a year. Why are you why are you punishing yourself in a Jetta on the commute? Why not have fun? Why not have <laughs> That's fun? That's interesting. How much can you get for the Jetta? That which you could add to it too. But here's yeah. the thing. Civic Type R's first year or so are in your budget. The Veloster N is in your budget new. If you sold the Jetta, you've got a few extra thousand to work with. You could I'm I'm struggling with that Jetta in your lineup. Because I get that it's got. I'm struggling it, with a Jetta even existing. Fine. It gets that it's gets I get that it gets mileage, but I'm thinking, you know. You could just take it out of the equation and have a car that you're enjoying when you're commuting as well. I'm just thinking aloud here. I have to go there. Some of you are going to turn off the podcast or skip forward. I know that's what's going to happen, but hang on, Michael. Mm. S5 is too heavy. Need a track car. Needs to be reliable. Can't be very expensive. Needs to have a back seat for kids. Why have we not thought about the 86? <laughs> It, look, I will admit, the first time you go down a straight on your local track in your 86, after driving the S5, you're going to be disappointed. Corvette, you Corvette, are. Corvette, Camaro, Camaro. You're going to be disappointed. Mustang, Mustang. But in the same way that the Miata guys out there are getting taken on the straight by the big boys, you're going to chew on people in the corners. Very true. Very true. Put some good tires on that. You're going to love it. That is what you want for tracking. You want light, agile, communicative. That car is that like crazy. And guess what? Solid back seat for kids. You wanna if you wanna this is one of the reasons my son is obsessed with cars as he is, is because I had an FRS. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can't overlook it. It it's a True. totally different world. True. I mean, you brought up the RF, but let's be honest, the RF is also gonna be down on power compared to the S five. Oh, everything so, is. So so what we're talking yes. here is yes. we're talking about get rid of your need for power and embrace handling. Mm-hmm. which is what you're going to love on track anyway. So I, you can't, honestly, you can't ignore the 86. It's like this huge elephant in the room when I read this. It's like, <clears throat> why haven't we driven that yet? And then I will step away. I was, I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm, I it's, knew it's, you would. it's obvious, I, isn't it? I, it's yes, like an obvious consideration is. point. So thank, totally you for, thank, you for, at us. thank you for backing my play there. Yes, Those I of you totally that have left agree. the podcast can come back now. I'm done about the 86. <laughs> but uh, I will go a wild card. This is my only two seat. Okay. You could buy one of these. 
You could have fun. You could track it, be happy, love it. C5 Corvette Z06. Oh, for that money. You, ooh, yeah, those are C5 fast. Corvette Z06. There's your track car. Yeah. And then you go and you just drive it for fun. Take your wife out. Take your child out. Just you and them. And you Enjoy. saved money. Yes. Yes. With your budget, you could get a nice one and it is ready and eager to track. And then write us back when you're getting rid of the Jetta so we know what to get you for a commuter. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. Because that's, that's coming. We're back with lots of questions. Uh, one of the ones I want to get out of the way right away is Nathan asked on Facebook about the Utah meetup. We're not having one this year. Uh, I'm sorry to say that. This One of right, the other right. casualties of COVID and current restrictions and social distancing and all of those things. We are not having a Utah meetup. We, like the rest of the world, are putting things in the calendar for 2021. I don't think any of us are going to be able to work next year because there's just stuff to do. There's <laughs> just vacations we to got, take. We got to go places. We got to, you know, we got to do all the stuff we couldn't do, do this year. Year. And of course, you know, we're going to want to take next year's vacation too. We're just going to take the whole year off and just do stuff. So anyway, so that's, job reports numbers went way down, but the economy's booming because everybody's doing stuff. Everybody's way in debt, but man, we had fun in 2021, didn't we? Like that. Yeah. So that isn't happening this year. We're hoping for uh, at least that meetup and maybe another one in 2021, but we shall see. Michael Whitesell asked me, why does Porsche have an electronic front hatch in the Cayman to access the area where the battery is stored? Yes. The battery is up front, under the hood, up high, not quite between the strut brace towers, the strut towers, but it's under a panel and kind of hidden back there. Mm-hmm. I liken that location for weight savings. I, I think it's a brilliant place I'm to sure put it. sure it's balanced, yeah. But in the Cayman, yeah, he says it seems like a horribly poor design choice for the real-life scenario of a dead battery. Why is a car so incredible in so many ways that gets saddled with this defect in design? You've asked a great question. It's tough mm-hmm. to see that. And my manual recommends changing your battery before you ever run out of power. But ultimately, <laughs> what it means is you're going to have to take it to a Porsche dealer mm. to get this replaced, unfortunately. There's not really a way to crawl up underneath or stick your hand up through or you know anything like that. And the good thing is batteries are lasting longer and longer these days. But I do get it. It's... well. It's a rough scenario. This is the same car with no dipstick, though. I mean, you know, the interactive things about a car are not there in the Cayman because what they want you doing is driving and then getting the Look, dealer to fix it. Every car company has their yeah, weirdness, and they some do, are more sure. imperfect yeah. than others. Porsche is no exception. And you're right. What what can we do? Open Mike Knight on Instagram says, do we think the Stinger, Kia Stinger, is a good replacement for their aging 99 Lexus GS300, if not any other recommendations? I think you'd like the Stinger. Mm. I think you also mm-hmm. need to drive the Genesis G70, its sister car that is smaller, lighter, and more fun. Uh, because not that the Stinger is bad. We've recommended it a lot, but the G70 is more fun. I don't know what kind of back seat space you need. The uh, The Stinger back seat is better than the G70 back seat. I don't know how big your GS is. I think either of those would be really, really good opportunities. Have you thought about the, the what is it, the GSF? What's your budget like? Sure. Because in, sure. coming out of Lexus, let's at least look at let, what's next from Lexus, even though I would rather you moved on. But there is that. And then also, while we're looking at things, you don't mention if you have to have all-wheel drive, shop the Chevy SS and surprise yourself. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Burnouts. Budget for tires. Salmon One is asking about Volvo, seeing that Volvo is a safety-first car company. Why are they moving away from having rear amber turn signals on their vehicles? I don't think amber has been used for... A long time, to be honest. My expedition doesn't have amber. 
The Cayman doesn't. I can't think of a recent press car that has had amber. In the mm-hmm. front, they do. Mm-hmm. But in the rear, not so much. I mean, Interesting point. Definitely in the 80s, but about it. it really is just the ability at a certain angle for other drivers to see the far taillight. That's often why taillights seem to protrude or stand proud oh, sure, off yeah, the yeah. bodywork. So you're not just looking at one, especially in case one fails. You can see both from a certain rear three-quarter angle. Mm. Same with the front three-quarter. You've got to – I forget what the degree is that you're supposed to be able to see mm. it, but you can okay. see the far turn signal, got it, got it, got front it. or rear. Being amber, that's less of an issue. Mm. Interesting. Classic GTR is asking Nissan questions because last time we were joking that their tagline should be, remember us? Yeah. So uh, he was asking about that. He he's um he's curious about the new Z. We all are. We all are. I mentioned it's coming up right after our next podcast. But he really wishes that they would come out with a new two plus two because his memories were having the Z thirty two, that's the three hundred ZX like I liked and had from the nineties. He he remembers having one of those in two plus two form. And that was just a thing that allowed his two sons to be driven. And that's going away. He he would like to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's asking about that. The last we had on that from Nissan was actually the Infiniti G thirty seven, G thirty five, G thirty seven coupe was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the Z car in two plus two form. That was kind of how they got around it. He also asked me if I had the two plus two or the two seater. Look, now now we're not going to be friends anymore. I admit, <laughs> I had the two seater. I actually think the two plus two looks wrong. It looks a little stretched and it's, ungainly. It's not, now, I, I like yeah. the usability. I think that's cool, but I just don't think that design worked nearly as well in 2 plus 2 form. I doubt Nissan's going back there. There's a bit of irony in Petrolhead 80's question asking about an electric car. Our thoughts on the 2021 Lucid Air and its design. Do we think it can give the competitors like the Taycan and Model S a run for its money? I absolutely do, based on what we're hearing from specs. But again, you can't drive a spec sheet. True. But as far as range... And capacity and the fact that it's got a thousand and eighty horsepower. <laughs> okay. Uh, electrics, yes. Brilliant. I still think it's gonna be a bit of a niche vehicle and I think the people that will now believe Tesla is a mainstream car for everyone might look at the lucid. But interesting. Because it's become we'll too see. common to have a Tesla. I see yes. where you're going. Well, but a, a white model Y actually. It's exactly. gotta be white. It's got yes. the new model Y. Yeah, they're they are everywhere. Everybody. It's the pra- they practically littered. have a dispenser of those somewhere. <sighs> Yeah, it's crazy. I, I do think it's interesting. There's some other Tesla questions here. They ask if we think a, a used Tesla is worthwhile enough that prices are coming down. I say, why not? Mm-hmm. I, I sure. think, look, sure. look, in spite of the uh, both sides of the equation, we've certainly talked on Tesla over the years on this podcast. The truth is their cars are impressive. Yeah, absolutely. You can make, but I also want to caveat this. You can make a car that's impressive that somebody doesn't like. Okay. True. I know that sounds True. shocking, but uh, opinion does come in here. But we've been impressed by every Tesla we've driven. I think that the Model 3 is a very viable uh, car to buy for a commuter. I actually think the old Model S's are really interesting because you're not getting a design that's really aged much because they haven't done much to them. As soon as they got rid of the black circle on the front, they all look the same. Yeah, right. So I think that's viable as well. All right. Richard Lindsay has a question about pickups. It's a design question, low-hanging fruit for me. What's going on with the front ends of full-size pickups lately? The mood board must be a wall of chrome. <laughs> Richard, you're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, Dan Neal, who is, I think, the only Pulitzer Prize-winning automotive journalist ever who writes for the Wall Street Journal, recently wrote an article about the size of pickup trucks and how out of control they are. 
And the fact that it is, you're absolutely right. It looks like a barbecue grill coming at you in your mm, rear yeah, mirror. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Do we, do we need do – need is out of the question anymore. <laughs> it even, is You can't even the table. see need from nope. here. Yeah. You just want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I come back to the fact that car companies are in business to sell cars and trucks. But if it's a product that people want and they just want it because they want it, they are happy to sell it to us. Mm, yeah. And that is just what dominates the thinking with pickup trucks is – well, it's huge and it's big. Yeah. Did I mention it's huge? And I, I love it. And it's this monster enormous thing and it's in your face. And, and it's chrome. You know, and so let's slather it in chrome. Unbelievable. And I, I don't really get it either. I Again, 8% of me, there's a Ram can, 2500 sitting in the driveway. You can get car. lost on the SEMA overlanding floor and I can go for lunch and come back and you will have moved like one stall. Well, it's... Eight percent admiration mm-hmm. and ninety-two percent like what the heck <laughs> horror. What happened? Shock. Here? That's very funny. Everything. Seriously, every other emotion. I, I could leave you for the day on that floor at SEMA. It's very, very funny. Yeah. So yes, it's it's crazy. But on the other hand, if car companies figure out something that works and they're selling cars and trucks. That's what we're getting. Yeah, you're right. It's all about what we're buying shifts the market for sure. Jared Rose Rose One is giving us a bit of a challenge. Did you see this on Instagram? Yeah, I did. He's saying if it was 1900, you know what? I'm going 100 years back. If it were 1920, would you and I be bemoaning the decline of horse transportation (laughs) or would we be embracing the automobile? This is funny. First off, there's nowhere to know. Secondly, uh, what would we be doing? The, The horse debate? Or fancy videos. <laughs> That's where we're all headed. I actually think that we wouldn't because here's the difference. Here's the difference. Going horse to car, you're going from in control to even more in control. Sure. Because you've taken the extra brain out of the equation. The best horse people on the planet, I am not one of them, the best horse riders on the planet are still dealing with a sentient being that can change its mind. Yeah, okay? true. A car can't. Now, a car might break but a car has no thoughts of its own. So I think as we're guys that like to, to ride and control, okay, yeah, I yeah. think we would like the car for that reason. It would be the new way to get places that you're fully in control of. I think the piles of excrement all over New York City There's back that in the 20s well. yeah. kind of helped things ride along. The other, the, other, the other part of this equation is we're talking, trying to equate it with the rise of the autonomous car, and that's, that's giving up control. Mm-hmm. That's where I think the key difference is. Yeah. But may, look, maybe we'd be back there and be sticks in the mud and going, why would you want one of those things? Horseless carriage. Give me my horses. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I maybe. think I'd like, because I've always been fascinated with mechanical things. So I, yeah. I think I would. But the YouTubers in 1920 would drive Duesenbergs and <laughs> V16 Packards. But then there's no YouTube because the there's YouTubers no internet. YouTubers in 1920 are Wait. driving a Packard. I really, I, that's They'd really good. They'd be rocking Duesenbergs. You know, if, if we had a different life <laughs> at a completely different budget, I would do a whole series of YouTubers in the 20s driving Packards. That just sounds, I would do, I would do the thing I hate, the whole vlogger thing where I'm staring at the camera. And here's the thing. We'd have to do all the filters so the film is jumping. Of course. And the cam- the, the, it looks grainy. Of and we're, course. we're shifting the camera around and we're talking about views on views. We would do it. Oh we gosh. would do it. We'd do views on views in New York City as Ugh. we have our new V16 Packard. I, 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 honestly, I've, I've missed my calling. That's what I should have done. Oh, I love it. What is Chris doing? Asks if he's the only one that thinks the new Maserati looks like a spiker. Mm, Y'all remember the spiker, yeah. the Audi-powered 
crazy. Well, they weren't bad the first look. You thought, oh, that's different. Uh, hmm. Because they found a way to cut a cylinder or a pipe a certain way, and then that was the overarching design theme that they couldn't let go. Uh, I I can see proportion, but I can't see details. And by the way, if you've ever been up close to a spiker when they were popular, the orange peel on the paint drips on the you'd run away. <laughs> I've only seen them a few times. You see them so rarely. There there is rumors that they're going to come back. I'll be very curious to see if they actually do. Alex HC09 asks if there's consideration for a rally racing episode. Perhaps the two sports cars can find their way onto a rallycross course. We've talked about it. It'd be very cool to do one of those. That'd be very, very fun. I'm open. We've got a lot planned for the Cheap Sports Car Challenge. We've already got a lot of ideas for that. We've had a couple of ideas that would practically be feature film in length, and I am fully guilty. So we'll see what we actually end up doing. Well, Alex, here's a question back to you. Do you still want to enter the raffle for the cars after you've seen the video of them being launched? (laughs) Off a rally stage, and they've been jumped, and they crash onto the suspension. Yeah. And do you still want that car? Well, but you and I have done just about every other type of driving instruction. Yeah. So I would yeah. really like to do that. I think it'd be really, really fun. I, I think can't be... wait to share the car. Oh, it's going to be, be interesting. Austin Austin on Facebook is asking a tire question. He said uh, he he knows he's heard at least once me talk about dedicated snow tires, but uh, he has a car he's going to get rid of before too long. Okay, and okay. so his question is: He lives in Michigan. He has a Gen One CTSV Cadillac, so powerful, and uh, it needs tires. He doesn't think he wants to throw on full winners. He also doesn't really want to spend money on brand new performance tires. Can he go all season? Of course, you can go all season, Austin. Sure, there, there is that. Sure. Also, you can find all seasons like the Michelin AS3 or the AS3 Plus or four. There, I forget which one they're on now. It's either the AS4 or the AS3 Plus. I forget which one is current. Uh, four may still be coming. Anyway, that's an excellent all season that actually is kind of a performance tire. Yeah, sure. I've had it on a couple of vehicles. It's very good. I would say since you're thinking about selling the car, and right now you don't have multiple sets of rims, just go with a good all season. Be careful on snow days. Maybe drive something else on snow days, and uh, and you'll be good. Sean Hurt asks for fun cars with someone with bad knees. Having trouble getting in and out of the Miata lately. Okay. How about an AMG GLA forty five? Yeah. A little yeah, bit higher. Yeah. A little bit of a hatch, yeah. Yeah. That works. Uh, something in there. That's very Hopefully good. Hopefully that might be a consideration. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. As always, we really appreciate it. It is your stories, your car conclusions, Absolutely. and your debates that make the podcast. Big time. We love discussing and debating. Keep writing to us. Really appreciate it. Top right corner of everydaydriver.com is the contact button under mm-hmm. the About tab, or you can email us directly. Everything comes to the same place, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And while you're at everydaydriver.com, <laughs> the second tab over is YouTube. Go to YouTube and choose the second channel. Mm-hmm. This is where all the test drives are now located. Yep. Lots of new content being populated there. Hit the bell, subscribe for us, help us out. Thank you. Use it for drive homework. Really appreciate go. it, guys. Perfect. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.